Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She wanted to make the trip. She said, Dad, can I go with you? She actually said, Daddy, can I go with you? I like that, right? Daddy, can I go with you? I said, yes, you can. No, I try to stay out of politics. Well, once in a while, he'll say things, and I'll tell him he could probably do with ratcheting it back. I advise my father on a plethora of things. Your biggest fan is peeking around the corner over there, but it's your husband, I think. Oh! (laughs) Come, come, come on out. Jerry, come on. Hello and welcome to Trumpcast. I'm Virginia Heffernan. Trumpcast is the show about the trudging, bellowing, golfing global migraine known as Donald Trump. But today we're not talking about the president, or not directly. We're talking about his progeny, and specifically, the lovely and talented Ivanka Trump, child of his first wife. Ah, swan-necked, wide-eyed, no-nosed, a delicate chin and platonic female figure scalpeled out of tender, teenaged flesh, that carriage, that single-process blonde hair with honey highlights, that strange, affected, but not uncharming way of talking, and those men, all around her, all in hot water and getting hotter, the brother, the husband, and that high-placed father. Does Ivanka feel like the walls are closing in? Does she ever toss, turn, pace, turn to benzos, or at least a mascara-preserving fit of weeping? And is she herself in big, big trouble? We'll be back to talk to Sarah Ellison, a writer for Vanity Fair, about Ivanka Trump. But first, this message. With me in the studio to talk about Ivanka Trump is Sarah Ellison, a writer for Vanity Fair, whose piece in the current issue is called Exiles on Pennsylvania Avenue, How Jared and Ivanka Were Repelled by Washington's Elite. Sarah, I'm so glad to see you. It's great to be we're here. We're due for a coffee, but we're going to pretend this is a... This is, this is a close second. <laughs> social life. Um, so we're talking about what we would probably be talking about over coffee anyway. Indeed. indeed. Which is Ivanka Trump. How is she just known? I saw you in your great Vanity Fair piece about her and her husband, Jared Kushner, last month. You just say favorite child. They all say that. I mean, they (laughs) said that. It's a strange thing. If you have children, you think you're not supposed to tell them which one is the favorite. And most people don't really have favorites. But in that first 60, 60 Minutes interview that they did, they were asked, with all the kids sitting there, who is your dad's favorite? And I think it was Don who said... It'd have to be Ivanka. And she just sort of giggled. And I was like, yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that that is something that they admit. And I don't know what the origin of that is, although I can speculate that when their mother is Ivana Trump, and that was Donald Trump's first wife, 
when they got, had this really ugly divorce, Don Jr. didn't speak to his dad for about a year. Hmm. And he really kind of was angry with him. And Ivanka writes about this in her first book, Trump Card. Um, she talked about how she felt like her dad was, it made her kind of want to hold him even closer because she felt like he was slipping away. Mm. And what was odd about that is in her anecdotes talking about how she said her father was an unconventional father. And this is kind of, I think, what's so interesting is that they like kind of, they they present their family life as just like something that is. Mm. It's, n- it's like not to be questioned. Mm. It's not to be questioned that she's the favorite child. It's not to be questioned that he was an unconventional father. And the way that he showed his love for them was to always accept their phone calls when they called him at work. Mm. And then he would say that she's, you know, whoever was in the room, he would put her on speakerphone and he would say, isn't she beautiful? This is my beautiful daughter. Um, she's doing so great in school. La, la, la. That was the kind of closest that it got. Aha. Uh-huh. Anyway, so that's a kind of, but yes, she's the favorite daughter, favorite child. And pre-surgery, she was still her father's favorite child. And they were living in New York and she became kind of... um you know, she was growing up in New York. Uh, she appeared in this Born Rich documentary, which had, which was sort of the the first time that she kind of was a known figure. And the documentary interviewed a lot of like heiresses and scions. And she was the only. Well, they were kind of no good Nick kids that were kind of bratty, and you, yeah. as one might expect. Yeah. And she was the only one who said, "I'm really proud to be a Trump." And she came off as sort of much more mature than the other kids in that documentary which makes you feel like she never had this ability to just kind of like tell her dad to fuck off or something you know like she was not able to just be kind of rebellious in a way that because he because there was this horrible divorce that happened on the cover of page six and played out over weeks and weeks and weeks Mm -hmm. and she instead of getting angry with him for that she sort of felt like he might be slipping away so that she had to kind of conform to what it was that he wanted her to be. But now she may have some conflicts. So she not only is she the favorite daughter in the in the family um, dynamic, but she's also so favorite that she is a, an official advisor to the president. Right. Sometimes people say unofficial. Is she what I want to know? Is she on the taxpayer payroll? Are we? Well, she is an official employee. OK. Um, and she sort of backed into that role because she wanted to be an unofficial employee, mm. or an unofficial advisor. But then if she was going to email with her dad, she needed to have an, an official White House email. And then in order to have that. She actually needed to be an employee. She's not taking a salary. And that's something that is pointed out with some regularity when you talk about her or Jared. Neither of them um, takes a salary. They, public service is what motivates them. Totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's actually something that galls people who are public servants and have been for a long time who have to work for a living <sighs> because they're reminded about Jared and Ivanka that they gave up this wonderful life and they came to Washington and everybody should be so grateful that they did this. And it just that's what came out again and again in my piece when I was talking to people in Washington is they were just like, who do you think you are? What, we don't need you here doing whatever it is you're doing. But back to her official role. Yeah. She moved to Washington the same day that her father did. Her husband, Jared, was a a very close advisor during the campaign. He was much more kind of in the day-to-day strategic decisions. Jared was kind of the only person working on the campaign along with Hope Hicks and Corey Lewandowski at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, So Ivanka has told people that she moved to D.C. as much for Jared as for herself. Mm -hmm. But she also says that she and her father have always worked side by side. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And you get the impression that this wasn't going to be any different. So she is, she has a office in the West Wing. She is a senior advisor to the president. 
she and her husband both work there every day right next to her dad. So I want to know a day in the life of Ivanka Trump, because actually I've tried to, I I hate to invoke this, but we're both mothers. And that's not to like, you know, say that that's some holy role, but it has some practical challenges associated with it. Does she have, and she has a very young, what, one and a half year old or something. Yeah, she has a young, um, Theodore is young. Theodore is uh, maybe two. He might be two. Wasn't she, he born no, 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 during no, the he's campaign? One. He's one. He's one. Yeah, he was born on the campaign. Right. So she is. She was postpartum for a lot of the campaign. I just want to get some details here. How off she goes in and gives birth, and then she's back in back, shape and almost back, right away. ready to go. Is she? Does she have a battery of nannies? How is she getting to G twenty summits and with? Does she see her children? That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, do you follow her on Instagram? I have... Because you would know if you did that she does see her children. So, yes, there were rumors. You know, I did a piece on Ivanka and Tiffany Trump back in December. And there were, was the question. I mean, women are who are all like, you know, cl- they're getting their kids ready in the morning and like dropping them off with peanut butter on your lapel. Yes. And like you're just like, what the hell? How does this actually happen? Yeah. She does have nannies. She also, ha- and so, and she gets up, she I mean, she apparently gets up at like five in the morning to try to exercise before the kids wake up. Right. Um, I don't know if that's still happening or if that was, that was sort of, she took a break from that a little bit during the campaign because things were too busy. Um, she weirdly also has her mom's parents who are with them a bunch and i always feel like that the key to all the good things about or any good things i should say about ivanka come from ivana trump who also when she had her kids was like next day on site at the construction sites of the trump properties and was just kind of like a czech immigrant who was working really really hard and worked her butt off and was never somebody who like she got a great she got a great settlement after the divorce because she helped build that business and i do think that there's like an enormous enormous amount of discipline for ivanka okay so we started out with this impression that that ivanka and um and jared since they had once been registered democrats right. would be moderating influences on their father both in his politics mm-hmm. like might introduce I don't want to, you know, yeah, no, overstate you're right. it. But you're doing it. You're, she would, yeah. oh, right, the virtues of, say, liberal democracy or just democracy. And it maybe the U.S. Constitution would come into it sometimes in her moderating influence. She's, that's out the window. And even she recently said, right. yes, I'm a senior advisor. Yes, I have an office in the White House. Yes, I have forfeited my salary to serve my nation. But I have... Virtually no, no influence, influence on, my, on father. my father. And that was an unrealistic expectation. Right. If he was elected. I was not elected. And I want to tell the the majority of white American women who voted for Donald Trump that Ivanka was not elected, actually. She's not the president. It's Donald Trump. But Ivanka had this incredibly important role during the campaign, which was to show up and she's sort of the opposite temperamentally of her father. Mm. She was really appealing she is appealing as mm-hmm. a human being. I mean, she sort of is more normal in some ways than you would expect her to be. She's kind of smart, right? Where her husband, Jared, was not maybe a great student, although fortunately had a nice financial assist getting into Harvard. Indeed, indeed. Um, but she graduated cum laude from Wharton. We can't take that away from her. We you can't take that away from her, although that. she did say on her book jacket cover initially that she graduated magna cum laude. Um, and as we all <laughs> there are three tiers. <laughs> Suma's the one she knew 
she missed. Right. Magnus the one she faked, and Coombe is the lowest of is those lowest Latin of honors those. anyway, but she got that one. <laughs> and um, But so yeah, she's, she's and if you talk to people who knew them in New York, she is smart, or she seems smart, yeah. which I think is the most overused adjective that people use to describe people who are generally not I'm trying to find a word that isn't offensive to describe like somebody who's just not smart. But anyway, she's read a book. She has an affected and somewhat interesting way of talking. Like she, like when she said, I have no influence, she said, shy of turning him into a liberal Democrat, something like that. Yeah, she's I, very practiced in the way that she speaks. Yeah. Um, and I think that she's the kind of person who's never heard of just use the simplest word to say what it is that you want to say, because that's the most effective way to communicate. She yeah. sort of does. She uses like a, a $10 word when a when a nickel one would do. Yes. Um, but she came in with a lot of goodwill. Like, they remember those days back in the transition after Trump was elected and the country was sort of shell-shocked and people were flocking to Trump Tower and it was Leonardo mm. DiCaprio and Al Gore and she was going to potentially be the climate czar, which is also something that now she completely disavows and says the climate was never really her issue. Right, that she's okay. been a longstanding champion of women. She has this company, Ivanka Trump, her brand that is like a licensing brand for shoes and and like rayon separates and things like that. And women wear rayon separates. Totally, I've worn a rayon separate. I mean, that's all time. I do all the time. <laughs> so that is a women's it, rayon separates are a women's issue, and they were as they say. And in women go to work in those things. <laughs> they go to work in those things. Yes, it's it's um women's rights are rayon shirts. <laughs> but the point is, is that she does. So she sort of has figured out this way, or she initially she was trying to. She certainly took those meetings. She had a lot of people were thinking, well, this guy who's run a campaign that's completely nativist and and scaremongering and racist, that doesn't seem like her. And we should go in and talk to her about all these issues that she she believes in climate change. I mean, she thinks that's a real thing. Mm, um, she thinks that women should not be publicly shamed for gaining weight. Mm. She thinks that maybe they should work and maybe they should get maternity leave. Yeah. Um, so that was like, that was her thing. She's basically Antifa. I mean, she's, she's got a gun. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she is, and yet those things have not really played out in this moderating influence. She's moderated the optics a little bit. I remember she, right, she gave some interviews saying he's not a racist. He's oh, yeah. I mean, she's always said, like, my father um, has always been wonderful to me. I'm a woman. And he's always been, you know, I would not be the woman I am today without my father. Right. And so she did go to bat for him at key moments when, for example, when he seemed like unrepentant, sexist, misogynist. She was the proof that he wasn't. Right. That he had sort of supported her. She's his favorite child after all. Right. So he picked the girl over the boys. And yeah. Like, that was um, that was some kind of evidence of that. And. I think that there he was. Actually, he also thinks she's the hottest. So, hot enough to. Yeah, as he told Howard Stern. Right. Um, this, I mean, this is when we're into the carnies, uh, you know, around around our president. And, and you know, she's she's a reality star in the sense that, you know, she's in Us Weekly and so on. Totally. And she looks like, you know, she has a f public falling out with Chelsea Clinton, or at least they're frosty to each other now, having been close friends. But this is serious stuff we're talking about. So the president just said to the U.N. that he wants to totally destroy North Korea. I want to get, quote him right. I wanted him to say something about smithereens. He did not. <laughs> said totally destroyed. And what is that like for Ivanka Trump literally on the ground? So does she did she when that quote, you know, surfaced a, an hour, hour and a half ago, does someone's 
pull her aside and tell her? Do they keep her from that chilling news that, at least as an American citizen, she a person who wants to stay alive and keep her children alive, she might object to? Do they? Is there a publicist? Is there a, there is a best friend Gail kind mm, of on hand? No. So the people. Well, so first of all, in um, in the White House, she and Jared share a public relations person, Josh Raphael, who used to work for Blumhouse Productions and promote okay. horror movies. So there was sort of like a joke about how he had gone from horror <laughs> movies to the White House. Oh, and it right. was going to be a very easy transition. Um, he handles all their, he handles like the official part of their press. There, yeah. There's like somebody else in New York who handles kind of unofficial stuff, who used to work for Jared's company. But for Ivanka on the inside, her closest, um, her closest sort of allies and friends are Dina Powell, mm-hmm. who was initially brought in as kind of her chief of staff and then moved over to be the deputy at the National Security Council, which is actually a real job. Mm-hmm. Um, and she works for H.R. McMaster. And so Dina is a real ally. But for something like this, where mm-hmm. he says, I'm going to blow them to smithereens. <laughs> totally destroy. Mean, totally destroy. I would not we, want to exaggerate. Wanna, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how she heard specifically about that, yeah. but she would hear about it. I mean, she hear, she heard about um, she hears about a bunch of things on Twitter. Like she sees she's kind of like sure. the rest of us in yeah. some ways. Like he does not tell her what it is that he's going to tweet. Like the Charlottesville weekend. Yeah. Um. He did what he said what he was going to say without really consulting her. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about Ivanka, so she, so just to say, yes, she has somebody inside who can say, like, this is what your dad said, but no one in the White House knows what Donald Trump is going to say right. beforehand. And then he does it, and then they all are kind of, like, chattering around. So we don't exactly know, but I think, but isn't the horse out of the barn on her being a moderating? She's not going to jump in and sit down with Lester Holt and say, he doesn't mean totally destroy North Korea. No, he, so my she's father's never contradicted man. him. She's never, ever, ever contradicted him. Mm-hmm. So she gave these first interviews with Gail King, where she's always said, I disagree with my father on things. Of course I do. And mm-hmm. of course I give him advice. Well, what do you, when do you disagree with him? Mm-hmm. I can, I'm not going to say that publicly. This is that she does disagree with him. She won't tell us about what. You just have to sort of trust that that happens and that that advice is is heeded in some ways. And it would be worse if she weren't there. Mm-hmm. There's a pretty well-established kind of pattern where something, Donald Trump will say something horrible. And in the second day story, or even the first day story, you will have somebody close to Ivanka and Jared saying that she advised him not to do that. Mm. And so there's a very, it's like a really well-oiled machine for her to kind of distance herself from those things, never publicly, Mm -hmm. but kind of in the way that you know, somewhat disastrously, like Gary Cohn lets it be known through surrogates that he was really bummed about the Charlottesville response. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. And that's bad for him. And that was overdone. But Ivanka never makes that mistake that she never really is going to defy her father. But she sort of is also the goodwill that she had built up was that she was actually going to do something. And now that she says publicly and she actually comes out and says, Mm. I I don't have any of that influence. I'm not able. It would be unrealistic for you to expect that of me. Yeah. Then people say, "Okay, then what the hell are you doing there? What's your qualification to be a senior advisor to the president of the United States? Yes. Yes. Who do you think you are in this job? Why are there two of you there? Why are you Mm -hmm. there? And why is your husband there? What kind of experience do you have? Like, I understand that you like women. You want them to be able to make the same amount as men. That's actually not a unique position among other women. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a thing that most sentient women also believe. And people who have a hell of a lot more experience than you do to do this. 
have been doing it for a long time. So why are you there? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. But and not only why is she there as as an embellishment, because that has has seemed like an open question from the beginning. But why is she there when it seems like she or at least her husband have some uh, susceptible vulnerability in the in the Mueller investigation? I mean, does she I know that it's I always ask, where are these people's beating hearts? And I've decided that that I have to black box that question because the answer is not forthcoming. Compartmentalize. It's something somewhere else on a shelf with uh, rayon separates is Ivanka's heart. But she must fear that the walls are closing in. I mean, virtually every day. He's not Paul Manafort, who we know is facing indictment, but Jared Kushner may not be close behind. I heard off the record that Chris Christie said he's saving Jared Kushner's uh, father's prison uniform for him. And at least the chattering classes talk a lot about um, Kushner. Right. So uh, definitely her father. And more than the chattering class. I mean, I think that yes. it's a real thing. Yes. There's a real there's a real vulnerability on two fronts, one where. What Jared said and what was his involvement in the Comey firing Mm -hmm. and also what kind of advice did he get? That's the main thing. Then also what kind of advice did he give Donald Trump on this sort of famous Air Force One flight where they were coming up with the statement about what Don Jr. was going to say about his fateful meeting with the Russians about adoption, but Mm -hmm. not really about adoption, about dirt on Hillary Clinton and about the Magnitsky Act. And what was Jared's advice on that about, like, should we lie? Should we not lie in the statement? You know, how was he involved in that? So there's a real much more than for Ivanka, actually. There is real there is real risk for Jared. It's so she has she has a hell of a brother, father and and husband in this mix. Yes. Um, so far, her sons are unscathed. I think they're all under they're 10. Tiny, tiny um, <laughs> but Arabella, their oldest sister, is the oldest one. She's like in maybe kindergarten or first grade. Right. Yeah. That's the that's the Mandarin speaker. Yeah. <laughs> so do you feel like I mean, I would be terrified if the men around me and my employer, the president of the United States, my father, were talked about in this way. And I don't mean, you know, slagged off as having bad hair. I mean, right. like, like there may be prison stripes in someone's future, if not all of their futures. Right. What does that feel like? Like, does that wear on her? Is there Xanax? Is there... I mean, I definitely... Is there Xanax? That is a good... That's in my next reporting assignment. I feel like <laughs> that I haven't gotten to the bottom of. But I think that, um, one, I imagine that it is frightening for her but the the like cocktail party conversation is that if Jared flips on Trump, which I don't think will happen, right? Where does Ivanka go? Who does she choose? Now this is fully within the realm. And they of all might flip on Don, poor Don Jr. But she doesn't. Oh, seem for to sure. Have that's. It. I mean, that's done. <laughs> that's forget it. He's not in the administration, right? He can definitely be sacrificed. That's like an, a starfish arm that can just go away. <laughs> Wow. Um, but there there was, and you've written about w- sort of what happened with, like, on the day that the, that the Don, Don Jr. Jr. meeting surfaced, um, the meeting with, with Russians in which Jared Kushner was also present. You've written about their responses to, to sort of to right. that. Right. Um, and they... I guess they circle the wagons, but which wagons? <laughs> they, they, you know, the, at that point, it was seemed possible that it was Jared Kushner who had leaked the news of that was that, of that was, meeting. Yeah, there was a strong, 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 strong rumor going around that Jared's 
lawyer Abby Lowell had leaked the emails. That's been denied. Like the, the, the whole thing is like, who's trying to throw who under the bus? Right. Let's save the listeners the like trouble of like trying to get to the bottom of this. But the point was, is that Jared and Ivanka were circling the wagons. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump, weirdly in this situation, is the one who decided to kind of take it all on himself and said, I'm going to mislead everybody and put out a statement on Air Force One. From Air Force One, I'm going to draft Don Jr.'s response to these questions and tell everybody that, I mean, this is before the actual emails came out. This is when he was deciding to sort of make it a, make it a meeting about adoption. Yeah. And there were people who said, no, the emails are going to come out anyway. Just say what the meeting was and right. let's not have it be this these days upon days upon days of of embarrassing headlines. Right. And Jared and Ivanka know how to manage a headline. And so yeah. in that case, they were they were on the side of saying, let's just put this out and be straightforward about it. Yeah. And Donald Trump decided not to do that and was giving Don Jr. advice not to do that. And that's yeah. what resulted in these like multiple days of, again, embarrassing headlines for the family mm-hmm. and lots of drum beating about what actually happened in that meeting. We still don't know exactly what happened um, in that meeting. There were a lot of more people who were in that meeting than we've um, than, than we certainly heard about on those first days. And the bottom line of that whole encounter is there were it was the beginning of the real tension of the Russia investigation. It was dividing mm-hmm. like it was dividing father and son. It mm-hmm. was dividing brother against brother in law. Mm-hmm. Um, there were real real divisions. And I think that we're seeing that even more, you know, today we have all sorts of headlines about like what what the pressures of that investigation are really bringing on the campaign. But inside Jared and Ivanka were when you talk about circling the wagons, like they were the ones who were really intent. They were protecting themselves and they gave their advice to Trump. He didn't listen to it. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's what we are meant to understand. Yeah. Do you see Ivanka in any kind of legal jeopardy? I know there are, I mean, the things we haven't talked about, um, Jared at, at Project Alamo, you know, mm-hmm. orchestrating the digital mm-hmm. campaign, which now seems to be a potential source of, of, of real collusion interest. And, yeah. um, and, and real interest to, um, to Robert Mueller. Um, Ivanka seems like she might be in a little bit of trouble, at least as an accomplice on the Eric Schneiderman front on the New York stuff. Yes. Um, and t- like, yes. tell me about the laundress Ivanka Trump. Okay, the laundress Ivanka Trump. So here we're talking about the kind of, you know, the, the terrifying headlines um, that Eric Schneiderman is going to be able to investigate state crimes, which Donald Trump has no ability to pardon. Right. Um, because it's not a federal crime and he's not actually the state president. He is the United States president. Um, so Ivanka was really involved in in the business of, I mean, she, she was sort of managing the Trump business along with her brothers. And they were seeing the Trump, there's a sort of idea about um, that basically what the Trump business was, was a money laundering operation mm-hmm. for, it didn't matter if they lost money on the deals, or if you lost money on the deal with the Trump, you came out with clean money. Yeah. And so it was a kind of go-to place for international Money laundering. The Trump organization. The Trump organization was a way that you could kind of like get clean money. Yeah. And um, the question about Ivanka, who was deeply involved in that business, is what did she know about the people that they were doing business with? Um, Also, what what were her representations about the business in terms of the way that they went about fundraising or representing their kind of occupancy rates and different things like that that you do in real estate? Uh, Yeah. She was definitely, I mean, there she wasn't just Instagramming. She was 
in the trenches running the business. She was mm. doing um, some sort of sketchy international deals. Um, she was also deeply involved in the Trump Soho, which was which there are a lot of. I mean, there there's there was an investigation into that. It was then dropped. There are questions about how that came about. Mm. Um, so she's yeah. I mean, there's no there's by no means. And the way that Mueller is doing this investigation, he's not just looking only at. Because he's brought in Schneiderman, he is looking at this whole other side of the operation and if there was any kind of actual connection to to Russia through their through their business. And there was. Mm -hmm. I guess the last question I have for you is what about her legal team? She doesn't share a legal team with her brother. I mean, with her her husband. So she has. No, there was a there was there were some headlines about how she was being added to Abby Lowell, like Abby Lowell was adding her as a client. And then that was then clarified. That and Jamie she, Gorelick, right? I mean, we're talking Jamie about Gorelick. Yeah, these that are they, people on the these are real people yes. who are actually real lawyers who were doing this. Yes. But the the idea was that Ivanka has a confidential relationship with Abby Lowell, but that she is not represented by him. Okay, and that means that if they're in the house, Instagramming, and they say, "Hey, Jared, what about that Russian something or other mm-hmm. bag of sand, bag of dirt that you were given by the Russian?" Um, she can have that's that's a privileged conversation. Uh-huh. So if she's there, it's not unprivileged. But she's at oh, this point, it. she does not have her own lawyer. She does not have a lawyer that I'm aware of. Oh, all right, a separate lawyer. So we haven't yet. If if okay, so everything falls apart, and it's it's brother versus brother. It's civil war in the house in the uh, mm. in the White House. Um, who's is there any image of this where she has to choose between her father and her husband? Certainly, we already decided she, Don Jr. is like hung out dead. to dry. Yeah. Um, or do, is there possibly my fantasy where she runs off with Ivana Arabella, her grandparents, to Prague? Like, I'm leaving. Yeah. And I living mean, in a feminist like, cult that with women be... who work. That would be kind of awesome, actually. <laughs> that would be an amazing. That would be. That's like chapter two. We should really make a movie um, with that. No, that is not going to happen. Okay, it's going to be. I mean, if there's one person left standing in that White House, yeah, including Donald Trump, it's Ivanka. Oh, all right. Well, thank you very, very much for coming. You're in the studio, by the way. We are hanging out in Brooklyn. Metro Tech. (laughs) And literally, I think that's the exact conversation we would have had over coffee. (laughs) It's true. We might have talked about Charlottesville, too. But true. Thanks very, very much for being here. Thanks for having me. That's it for today's show. You've got one action item today. Follow us on Twitter. It's at RealTrumpCast. That's at RealTrumpCast on that microblogging platform known as Twitter. TrumpCast is produced by Jason DeLeon. I'm Virginia Heffernan, and thanks for listening to TrumpCast. TrumpCast.